Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. I want to welcome everybody that's here. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Parker, and I pastor Pinewood Church. If you're new with us today, then I want to say that I'm especially glad that you're here. I hope that you feel like a special guest with us today. Uh, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask everybody this question. Where are you right now? Where are you in the world? I was so excited about our last uh, stream that we saw people from all over the world tune in. We saw people from Switzerland, Canada, New York. And so put right now in the comments, where are you? I am currently in the basement of my home in what we have lovingly referred to as the dungeon. Uh, Now the dungeon, it's not so bad in here. It is a tiny little room with concrete walls that could technically be a closet, but ever since we've lived in this house, we've made it a bedroom, a guest room. Most of the time it's a storage room, and today it's a studio. We are at Pinewood Church. And we're in Boulder as well. So wherever you are, whatever room you're in, whatever space you're in, we're so glad that you're here. I want to jump right into the text today. We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do, uh, go ahead and grab it now. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. This is uh, one of my favorite texts. And we're going to be looking at just a few verses. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verses 4 through verse 7. Let's read this together. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice! Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a good passage for us today? I hope that that hit somebody right where you needed to be hit. I have always been an anxious person, and I was a very anxious child. As far back as I could remember, I would get extremely overwhelmed at pretty much everything but especially the unknown, and I would get especially overwhelmed in times of change. So much so that my parents, if you're watching, parents, you know this is true, they would not tell me when we were going to go on vacations until the night before because they knew I was going to get overwhelmed, I was going to ask a ton of questions, and it would probably lead to me getting sick. How many of you know that when you get anxious, worry or get overwhelmed, it not only affects you mentally, but it also affects you physically. Uh, As a child, I was so anxious that it negatively affected my body, um, specifically my stomach. So much so that my parents would take me to a doctor and I had extensive studies done on my body to try to figure out what is going on with our son. Come to find out, it was worry. It was anxiety, and it was the feeling of being overwhelmed. Can anybody relate to that? Do I have any anxious people in the house? Can you go ahead, put in the comments right now, 
Raise your hand. Say, that's me. I, I am a worry wart. I am an anxious person. It's, it was something that I've dealt with since I was a child. And to be honest, I don't know that I've been fully healed from it. Because there are still moments where I get anxious and I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed right now. You can imagine um, being a germaphobe before a pandemic uh, and being careful with clean hands that right now this is a challenging season for me. I've also had a wild just concern for the health of my friends and family. I've always uh, wanted the best for the people that I love and I worry for people. And so in this season, it has been a real challenge for me to just surrender, to rest, to go to God, and to find peace. And so I believe that this passage is going to speak to everybody today because I know that it is currently speaking to me. Let's talk about the text. This text is the book of Philippians. This is actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul and his friend started this church on what's known as his second missionary journey. It was the first church to touch down in the European continent. And what happened in this letter, why he's writing this letter, is is that the church at Philippi sent a gift with Epaphroditus, and Paul is writing this letter in response. He's writing it from prison, and he's writing this letter to say, thank you for your generosity. But in addition to thanking them for their generosity, he's encouraging them in their faith. And I believe that there's a few principles that I want to just take a few minutes for us to look at together that I believe is going to bless you. The first principle that I want us to look at is in those first two verses. It says, always be joyful, always rejoice. I love the way this translation says, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I love that he repeats himself. I say it again, almost as if he says, it's so important, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Let everything that you, everyone, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. So the first principle that I want us to talk about today, find your joy in the Lord and be considerate of others. Find your joy in the Lord and be considerate of others. Paul is writing this letter from prison and he says, always be joyful. Now I know right now, many of you feel like you are in prison. We are on lockdown. We are in quarantine mode. And we feel like we're in prison and we're feeling like, ah, this is so hard. I feel so overwhelmed. And Paul is saying, always be full of joy in the Lord. I believe that there's a few reasons why Paul is challenging the church at Philippi with this truth. The first, I think that he wants to remind them of this truth. How many of you know that we just need to be reminded? Hey, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, Find your joy in the Lord and be considerate of others. I think he's wanting to remind of this, of this truth. I read an article in a time that said a third of all of the money spent in the USA towards medical bills was towards somebody with an anxiety disorder or a physical ailment related to anxiety. I mean, I think that we all need to be reminded of this, that We may feel anxious and overwhelmed, but we need to find our joy in the Lord today. 
in this current circumstance and current situation. Uh, a second reason why I believe that Paul is reminding them of this is because that our circumstances do not determine our attitude. We may say to ourselves in this season, well, things aren't going well. I get, a, I get a pass to be a jerk. I got cussed at for walking around the neighborhood by myself the other day. And that's okay. I, I don't know why, but um, it's a tense moment right now. And I feel like uh, some people think it's, it's hard. It's a lot of tension right now that I get a pass to, to be mean. I get a pass to be angry, but I, I don't believe that the scripture teaches that. I believe that the scripture says to find our joy in the Lord and to be considerate of others. We have to find our joy in the Lord and not in our circumstances. Why? Because our circumstances change every day. Our circumstances are not a solid foundation. My circumstances has changed minute by minute this week. If you would have called me at 5 o'clock, I might have been fine. Call me at 5.01. I could be in a rough spot. Isn't that true of all of us? That our circumstances can change. But our circumstances should not dictate our attitude. That we can still be joyful. And we can still be loving and considerate of others. Even in the season that we're in right now. Anybody out there feel like they need that word today? Go ahead and say right now. Go ahead and say, that's for me. I needed to be reminded of that. Thank you, Paul. I needed to be reminded of that. Finding joy in the Lord and being considerate of others is a constant reminder that what is happening right now is bigger than us. God is always elevating our perspective, taking our mindset off of what is maybe right in our face and maybe what is temporary to elevate our thinking to a kingdom mindset to say, that no, what God is doing here is bigger than us. That God is doing something all around the world, and I don't want to miss it. Being considerate of others is saying, I may not have the best day today, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to serve the hurting around me. Being considerate toward others is saying, I have just received some bad news, which many of us have received bad news, but I'm not going to take it out on my wife my kids, my friends. Being considerate of others says, I may have just lost my job, but I'm going to take this pain and I'm going to pray for others because I know so many others are going through this hard time as well. Finding our joy in every season is saying, I might not be in the best health right now, but I say, God, you are good. You are so good. You're so worthy of my praise. I can rejoice in every season. I might not have clarity for the future, but God, I know who holds the future. God, you are faithful. Finding our joy in the Lord is saying, I might not understand why I'm in all of this pain and anxiety and feeling overwhelmed, but God, you are a loving God who provides comfort and who provides peace. You see the difference? I want to encourage you today, find your joy in the Lord and let's be considerate of others. I believe that As people of faith, if you're watching this and you're a person of faith, I believe that one of the greatest weapons that we have against anxiety and fear and worry is our praise. Nothing raises the atmosphere amidst pain and chaos like people crying out to God in praise. It it can lift spirits. It can heal. And I want to encourage you right now. Rejoice. I'll say it again. 
rejoice in the Lord. A second principle that I want to show you today is uh, taken from the second part of the text. And it says, don't worry about anything. Now, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you straight up. That's a lot easier said than done. Don't worry about anything. You're thinking to yourself, yeah, right. I'm telling you what the passage says. It says don't worry about anything. But it doesn't leave you there. You know how people are, are uh, critics of something, but they never really give you a solution? Hey, don't worry. We'll see you later. Hey, I really don't like how uh, that outfit looks. We'll see you. Have a good day. Like, no, come on, tell me. Like, how could it be better? What's, what's my anecdote? How do I, what's my solution to this? Aren't you glad Paul gives us a solution? He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. It says, then you will experience God's peace. Everybody say, peace. Everybody write in the comments right now, peace. Or even if you really need peace, peace, please, exclamation point. Like, give me all the peace right now, which exceeds anything that we could understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a good passage for us today? Paul is instructing them to not be anxious warriors, but to be prayer warriors. You see what I did there? Not to be anxious worriers, but to be prayer warriors. I want to ask you today, does he have your attention? Does he have your attention? What do I mean by that? I believe that what we focus our attention on is what we'll stir our affections for. If we focus our attention strictly on the tragedy or the chaos or the anxiety that is going on in our lives, on us or around us, then it will stir our affections for those things. But if we focus our attention on God and talking to God and spending time in His Word, then it will stir our affections for God, our affections for His Word, our affections for talking to Him. I know that um, I have five kids. And I know that many times when my kids are trying to get my attention, they will say my name 25 times. And that is no exaggeration if you're a parent in the, in the parent in the house. They'll say your name 25 times. And oftentimes, if I'm being honest, sometimes I either zone out or I get distracted and I don't hear them. And if I'm like, okay, well, 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 okay, sorry, yeah, what? What do you need? I want to tell you right now, God has not zoned out. God is not distracted. He is not too busy. He wants to talk to you. He wants your attention. He not only wants to hear from you, he wants to respond to you. You see that we believe when we pray, it's not a religious act. It is a means of relationship and having intimacy with God. So does he have your attention? Next, I want to ask you, does he have your trust? Does he have your trust? I love this passage in 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. In this moment, whenever we're worrying or being anxious about certain things, um, oftentimes we do have to make a decision. Am I going to trust in my ability to, to pull myself out? My ability to, to get myself healthy again? My ability to overcome which I believe we all have a responsibility to do our part. I'm not saying that. 
But are we trying to control everything around us? Or are we surrendering everything to God and saying, God, I'm going to work as hard as I can, but at the end of the day, I trust you, Father. I cast all of my cares on you. I cast all of my worry, all of my anxiety on you, Father, because I know that you care for me. Does he have your trust? Relationships are built on what? Say it again. Relationships are built on trust. I want to tell you right now, the scripture says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not to lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You can trust God with all of your heart. I promise you. And he will direct your path. Think about the things that you're anxious about on a regular basis, or maybe the things that you're anxious and worried about right now. I want to ask, I want you to ask yourself a question. Do I trust God with that specific thing that I'm worried about? Do I trust God with that? I'm sick right now. Do I trust God with my health? I'm worried about my job. Do I trust God that he's going to provide for me? I'm worried about my family. Do I trust God that he is a protector? And then uh, I want to ask you this. Does he have your worship? Does he have your worship? I believe that worry and anxiety draws us and drives us to worship the problem. Am I right? Prayer reminds us that God is in control and it drives us to worship him. So I want to ask you again, does he have your attention? Does he have your trust? And does he have your worship? I love this passage. There's some, something in this passage that I, I want us to see. And it says that he will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You see, peace is not a feeling. Peace is a person. A feeling cannot stand at guard over your heart and your mind. Only a person can do that. You see, peace is a person. And it can be found in none other but Jesus Christ. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will Guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't that encouraging for us today? I love Colossians 3.15. It says this, And let the peace of God to which you were also called in one body rule in your heart. And it says, And be thankful. I want to read that again. And let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule in your heart and be thankful. How many of you want peace in the house tonight, today, this morning? I want the peace of God to guard my heart and to guard my mind in Christ Jesus. I want to invite you right now, if, if you're watching this and you're saying, man, I, am, I want that peace in my life. But if I'm being honest with you, I have never put my faith in Jesus. I have no faith. I'm searching right now. I'm on a journey to discover who Jesus is. If that's you today, I want to invite you to say yes to Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it goes on to say that this is not of your own doing, that it is a gift of God, not a result of works. It says so that no one can boast. Nobody can say, I worked my way to salvation. I earned this thing. Now, we see that the scripture says that this is a gift of God. And what do we know about people 
when they give in gifts. What do you have to do to re- give, uh, receive a gift? You don't earn a gift. You receive it. And I want to invite you right now to receive the gift of grace. And I believe that receiving God's gift of grace is as easy as ABC. What do I mean by that? Uh, a, acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you're in need of a Savior. I don't believe that I have to convince anyone today that we have sinned against the Holy God. I believe that we would all say, yes, I would say I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. Well, if we're a sinner, then we're in need of a Savior. And then B, believe that God raised Jesus from the grave and that he is alive today and that he wants to forgive you of your sins. Jesus Christ came down and he lived a perfect life and he died on a cross for your sins and for my sins. But he did not stay dead. On the third day, he rose from the grave, defeating sin, defeating death, and defeating the grave. And it's through his death, burial, and resurrection we can have life. We can have hope for heaven, and we can become a part of the family of God. And then see, confess Jesus as Lord of your life. And I want to tell you right now, when you confess Jesus as Lord of your life, say, God, I need you right now. You are now Lord of my life. I call you Master. I am going to follow you. Guess what happens in that moment? Scripture says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In that moment, Jesus saves you. Scripture also says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord, it says, uh, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are made new. So when you say yes to Jesus, the sin in your life that maybe you feel guilt over or shame over is gone, that you are a new creation in Christ. If that's you today and you want to say yes to Jesus, I want to invite you right now to pray this simple prayer with me. We don't believe that it's the prayer that saves you. We believe that it's your faith in Jesus that saves you. But we do believe that, as Scripture says, to confess with your mouth. So we're going to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Would you pray this with me? Let's pray this together. Jesus, I acknowledge that I need you. I confess that I have sinned against you. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And right now, by faith, I say Jesus is Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. By your grace, I am saved. And by your power, I am set free. God, I thank you so much for everyone who said yes to you today. I thank you so much for the power of your blood and your grace on our lives, Jesus. Thank you for bringing peace. Thank you for guarding our hearts and our minds. I pray for anybody that feels overwhelmed today that instead of focusing our attention on the problem, we would become prayer warriors and we would call upon your name, Lord, and that we would experience the peace that surpasses all of our understanding. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.